Welcome to Geographical Thinking, a podcast full of ideas, stories, and conversations through the lens of geography. I'm your host, Guan Yu. Delivering holistic healthcare catered to local communities is the future many health innovators are striding for. South Lake Community Ontario Health Team is a pioneer. Their hyper-local interventions tailored and targeted to the Northern York region of Ontario populations are gained through geoanalytics. Joining me today is Gail Seddon, Director of the South Lake Community Ontario Health Team. Hello, Gail. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Geographical Thinking. Hello, and thank you very much for having me and giving us this opportunity to talk about the work that our team is doing. Really appreciate it. You join the team as the executive innovator. That sounds a very cool title. Tell us what do you do as an executive innovator? Well, myself, like many people who work in healthcare, are um, out there looking for opportunities for how we can make our healthcare system more effective, how we can make it more patient-centered, how we can make it sustainable. And there's lots of people working in innovation, but individuals like myself are looking at how we actually make the system work as an innovator. And that's what I do as an executive innovator is figure out how to make the system work better so that people want to work in the system people are getting good clinical outcomes, people are having good experiences, and our publicly funded healthcare system is sustainable. Why is this task so imperative right now? Why are we um, invest so much uh, looking for innovations in our health system? Well, I think there's a few things. One of the things that we learned through COVID is that there is a space for innovation and there's certainly a space for virtual care. We also know coming out of COVID that we have some really significant health human resource challenges. So what are the opportunities for technology and innovation and other types of um, electronic solutions to help us make the health system work better? And that's one of the reasons that we're really excited about the Geoanalytics Project, because it helps us understand how we can provide services to people where they want to receive care with the hope that we're going to get better outcomes. Can you give us an example in regard to that? How do you see geoanalytics um, can perform such a role you just mentioned? Okay, so maybe I'll start with an example um, of what it looks like right now. Let's imagine that you're a primary care doctor or a nurse practitioner and a patient comes into your clinic and you do an assessment and you prescribe an intervention. Part of that intervention means the individual would benefit from some medications. Part of that intervention means that they would benefit from some rehabilitation services. Part of that intervention means that they would benefit from some social care or stress management services. So right now, for the average uh, person working in primary care, if they don't know of resources, they basically have to go in and hunt and peck for resources. But they don't have a window into where that person lives. What pharmacy is close to their home that I could send the prescription to? Do they have a community recreational center that they can access or do they not? 
What are the social services such as stress management, Canadian mental health services, other mental health and addiction services that are close to their home? Right now, people basically see what's in front of them. So I want you to imagine a different world where the clinician can log in and they can see where that person lives, understand their environment and what services are available to them and also print it off straight out of their EMR and help connect them with those services. All of that could be done in a very short period of time and could um, make the visit more effective because the next time the person comes back, that clinician can say, how did it go? Did you follow up, for example, with the stress management program that was offered at the Y that we talked about or whatever it might be? So the, the really exciting thing about geoanalytics is it helps give everybody um, if you if you think of um, kind of a a bird's eye view of where that person lives and all of the resources and services that are available. It also can tell you some other really important things beyond the health and social services. For example, it may be that that individual really misses a lot of appointments, but that could be because they're working two jobs, there isn't childcare available when those appointments happen, or they need to take two buses and it's over an hour and a half for them to come to clinic. So again, it gives you many, many understandings of the resources that are available to the person. It also helps you understand what services that are not typically health or social services are available in their community. Also using StatsCan data, we can start to understand their environment and their neighborhood. So for example, they may live in a neighborhood that is extremely affluent and has resources to many things. On the other hand, they may be living in an area that is quite marginalized and there's a lot of rent components. And if you go back to my example about the person needing to access a variety of services, those conversations need to be really tailored to who the person is, where they're at, and what can they access. Because to tell someone, for example, to go to a physiotherapy clinic that is 30 minutes away from their home if you can drive, but it's an hour and a half if you need to take public transit, and this individual takes public transit, it's less likely they're going to use those services. So again, by having this bird's eye view of everything that is happening through the data, we at a clinician level, we can really start to help clinicians make sure that the interventions are really tailored to that person's need. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that's really interesting is if you take those interventions and pull them back and pool them, you get a whole set of data. And what you may realize is that you don't have a service that you need close to where a group of people needing that service. So that really helps with health system planning. Um, and I think we mentioned uh, in, in an earlier conversations that others, you know, systems have um, such as school boards and, and other uh, public planning systems. For healthcare, we haven't done that. Um, and to be honest, a lot of healthcare planning is really based on where there's land 
and um, where you have um, landlords that are willing to uh, rent you space as a clinician to open up your services. So, um, you know, those are the type of things that um, this service can do. It can give you that very uh, patient or client or end user understanding and we can pull that data up in really important ways and start to understand to plan for our future, but also start to say now, how could we move the pieces of the health and social care system in a different way so we can get better outcomes? Right. Bit of a long answer to a question. I'm sorry. No, thank you very much for that. And what you just described is very similar to in one of our earlier episodes, we interviewed a doctor from Nova Scotia, and she's creating this GeoView. It sounds very much similar to what you just described there is when a doctor sees a patient, she wants to see or he wants to see the surroundings of that patient, the social determinants of the patients, the environmental factors that may lead to a different diagnosis or, you know, different uh, ways of pre-screening the, the, the patients. Yeah. Um, and my next question is, say, in the future, tomorrow, we have this system in place. I'd imagine the care for this individual or for a community will change, not only from a primary care, not only from a doctor's perspective, but then there's all these surrounding uh, health services that you mentioned. So how does does geoanalytics play a role to shift, you know, how the health systems are serving um, people today in what you want it to look like in the future? So let me give you an example from some of the work we've been doing. Part of healthy primary care screening is mammograms. And so one of our studies is we looked at where people uh, were receiving mammograms. And more importantly, we looked at the population that wasn't accessing mammograms. And through that, we started to understand that those individuals who were not um getting their mammograms done, were living in specific clusters. We also were able, by geoanalytics, layering data on top of data on top of data, we're starting to understand why it might be that these individuals were not getting their mammograms. For example, for a few communities, they were at least 35 minutes from the nearest mammography. And the fact that that mammography had a very expensive parking and these individuals were living in marginalized communities. But there was also things we learned that many of the people living in the communities that were not receiving the mammograms were also newcomers to Canada, people with lower education levels, lower health literacy, which is a type of education, meaning that you understand uh, your own health, your, how you can maintain your health, how the health system works. So with that knowledge, we were able to go out and work with very local community partners who work with this community and are trusted partners. And this is really, really important for changing health-seeking behavior is you need to have a trusted partner. If you will, in some in some cultures, in some families and communities, it's kind of having the auntie that everybody goes to for good advice. So you need that auntie, if you will, to provide that advice. And what in our case that partner did is that partner said, how you've been reaching out historically, this group doesn't respond to. And so they actually helped customize, if you will, a card that invited them 
to uh, come and have mammography work done. So we have seen an uptick in people coming to get mammography. The other thing it does is it empowers that very local trusted group to start to have conversations with that population about what are their health-seeking behaviors and why are they choosing to or not to engage. And from that, you can learn many things. So as an example, you may learn that the the individuals, as we did, that there's an opportunity for them to better understand the importance of breast health. And that's where through our Ontario Health Team, which is a collaboration of many partners, we can reach out to our regional cancer education programs and also our public health partners to say, this is a community It's a smaller community. These are the reasons that they are struggling or we believe that they are struggling to access services. And these are some of the concerns that their trusted partners in the community say they're struggling with. And then you can tailor your health education programs right down to the individual versus having something that's designed to serve, you know, hundreds of thousands of people for many, many, many of those folks Those things work really, really well. But for some, particularly our marginalized, those those programs don't work as well. So this also increases access to care and it equitizes the ability of people to access our healthcare system because they they have them in their language and what's important to them. They know what this is, how to access it, and it answers their questions regarding safety. If I can use an illustration for a moment, I was speaking with um, a physician who um, was explaining to me that there's some, uh, that for some women there's a misunderstanding that the process of mammography, if you do have a cancerous lesion, that when the mammography, which is kind of the panels kind of squish your breasts together, that that may pop the cancer and it would spread and and that's not accurate but you can understand how somebody would think about that you kind of think of grabbing a tube of toothpaste and squeezing it it comes out you can understand how people would think that and completely reasonable questions and that way we can have our our local uh, champions be able to speak to those concerns and provide them with accurate answers and any other concerns that they might have. So that's one example about how we're also uh, using this work. Well, it it sounds very um, it sounds very similar to some of our commercial customers or retailers how they're using segmentations, meaning the local demographics characters to understand their consumers. You're, you what what you just described is the same kind of approach in health that we really need data, different scales of data of the populations, of where these uh, uh, local trusted advisors are to be able to target that and to build more effective campaigns so that you can achieve a higher level of effectiveness, uh, encouraging people to take care of their health. So here comes my question. It it, it sounds like very, it's a very, um, how say, it's a very promising pilot. How do you see why why are we not there yet you know what what's the barrier going forward that is an awesome question um one of the things i i think we always have to keep in mind when we're talking about innovation in healthcare is that healthcare is very much driven by evidence 
it's driven by science and it's driven by caution. And, and that's really required because we know in healthcare that you can um, run with a new product if it's not appropriately tested. And that's why you have organizations such as Health Canada that do all that very careful testing and et cetera uh, of pro- medical products that can be used. So there, there is inherent in healthcare a bias of caution oh, I don't know if this is going to work. The other bias that we have, and it is an appropriate one, is is this a new fad and a new toy that we actually don't need? It's great. Glad that my team thinks it's really important. But sort of to get people over that, and this is what is really interesting about geoanalytics, because I would argue it is not a toy, it is not a fad, it is an essential component And we can certainly see if you look at some models in Europe and in the United States, how they're using geoanalytics to advance population health. It is not the tool, but it is certainly a critical tool in helping us advance population health. And I think through work such as the Southlake Community OHT has done, and there's others across, um, you mentioned the physician in um, in Halifax, and there's other uh, people. We worked uh, with Dr. Paul Peters from Carleton University. There's other people who are using this tool in healthcare, and as more use it, we get more solid results, we get evidence, we get data, we get successes because we learn from uh, from using this tool where to apply our interventions. It will become, in my opinion, I suspect it is going to become part of the health system planning ecosystem in the next little while. But I do recognize that due to the critical role that health plays and healthcare plays is that we do need to be um, cautious as we look at bringing in new things, which for somebody like me, it's what makes my job a bit challenging at times, uh, dealing with that caution, and also being able to demonstrate the value that this brings. And, And those are the two things I believe our project has started to clearly demonstrate at a hyper local level. Right. The the value is obvious when you're explaining from an individual care perspective. Can you talk a bit more from a health planning perspective when sure. you scale that up, when you're looking at healthcare resources, how does ge- geoanalytics bring in value? Okay. So um, I'm, I'm going to use one of our other projects, which is uh, we have been looking at individuals who are seeking care through the emergency department for what are considered conditions which could be cared for uh, by mental health and addiction services. So they, the individual doesn't really need an acute care hospital, um, but that is a place they know they can go and get care. So by geoanalytics, you can start to cluster where do those people come from? Is it a, 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 a broad spectrum? They're from all over. Or, as we learned in our case, there were actually pockets where people came from. So when you start to look at those pockets, then with geoanalytics, you can start to understand when, are, when were they coming to the emergency department? When are health services available in their home community? What type of health services are available in their community at the time that they needed care? 
Are those services welcoming and comforting to the type of challenges that they have? Or are they ones that they wouldn't really feel comfortable accessing? What does that all look like? Is it that um, from where they live to being able to access those services in their community, there's a transportation challenge? Were there language challenges? Were there other cultural issues that made um, seeking services that were in their community? Or more importantly, could it be that those services actually aren't in their community? So when you think of it from a planning, it could be just tweaking and tailoring what's already there. Again, to go back to my point of having that trusted friend, perhaps it's having that trusted individual from those services being able to do some in-reach into that community. And perhaps it's we need to look at the system and perhaps we have health services in one community that aren't really being fully utilized and we could have those services delivered in that community. Or maybe that's not possible, but understanding it and using virtual care, if that's appropriate for the clinical presentation, might be a way in the interim to get services to where they are when they need them while we're waiting for the time that we can move services closer to where they are. So again, this is looking at health system planning. For that individual and those individuals in that community, that gets them care closer to home. But also think about it from the other side of the fence, which is the side of people who truly need an acute care hospital. So when they show up, they also need access to care quickly as possible. And there are, you know, triage systems and all of those important clinical systems to make sure the most critical do get care first. But we all know that sometimes the emergency departments can be a little bit busy. But wouldn't it be wonderful if they were busy with absolutely the people who needed to be there and those who could receive their care in another location were getting their care in that location. And in that way, we're actually maximizing the resources that are available in the health system. We may still have some wait times. We may still have um, some wait lists and that sort of thing. But if the system is all maximized and optimized, then as system planners and our larger ministry in Ontario Health, it gives them a much better understanding of where investment is needed. Right. I'm, I'm trying to think from a health uh, system planner's perspective, how are they doing their work today without that? Because, you know, GIS and location is something that's really central to us GIS professionals. That's where we're right. starting. Um, and, and I also wonder, introducing um, this geoanalytical approach as part of the tool set, what kind of difference does it, you know, make in, in their world? Well, I think the difference is black and white and color television. Uh, and of course, the health system planners may not appreciate that analogy. But right now, the a lot of the system planning is based on the data that people have, which is typically health-generated data. Um, we're starting to see some great developments about bringing in other systems um, and starting to layer data. But with geoanalytics, it's not um binary 
we actually get to look at things from a 3D or 5D perspective. You get that very, very holistic view, not just of individual, but where populations are moving. So I suspect we're going to see greater uptake at the health system planning level of geoanalytic tools and and analysis, etc., as we move from our current data sets into the future. One of the challenges with that right now, honestly, is actually getting all of those data sets pooled uh, because in the Ontario health system, and this is one of the reasons that OHTs are uh, working towards bringing things together because we also need to pool data. So hospitals have data sets, primary care has data sets, mental health services have data sets, community support, home care, all have their own data sets. But we're still working, um, and there's some legislation that needs to be taken into consideration in privacy and cybersecurity and all those really, really important components. But we are starting to look at how do we bring all of that data together actually get it sorted so it makes sense and then start running the data through tools such as geoanalytics so as i say we can be doing you know uh color tv if you will or i guess no one watches tv anymore it's all on screens but you know what i mean right right um and earlier on you mentioned that uh resourcing human resourcing is a is a big topic for health and something that you know have uh, the policymakers attention. Um, Do you see a role that geoanalytics could play to alleviate that? I'm not sure I see a role right now. Um, I think that is coming. Uh, What I do see geoanalytics being able to contribute is to make the work of those who are doing healthcare easier by providing information to them yeah, basically at their fingertips, uh, by being able to empower planning systems uh, to make it easier for people to access care and for providers to share information within the system. So I'm not sure I see geoanalytics. I see it as an enabler to this very, very health, very, very complex health human resource problem. Mm-hmm. You, you share a lot of information with us and the projects you've done. I wonder what's the next milestone that you're hoping to achieve and not hopefully not uh, in the not so far future. Um, there, There's a couple of things if I was to have my magic wand. Um, I am really hoping that the work that the South Lake Community OHT has done as part of our geoanalytics project uh, will be seen as being a very, very positive signal uh, as being one of the tools as um, the province moves forward with health uh, population health management and that this tool will be expanded made available to more Ontario health teams, that we will have ways to have collaborations because, of course, the Ontario health team is doing very hyper-local planning where Ontario health is doing more of a higher system level and then, of course, the ministry looking uh, more provincial. Um, So I'm hoping to see that we will have this type of tool available at all levels and able to interact so that we're all kind of moving in the same way and using data in the same way so that we can make evidence-informed decisions as we plan for our futures. 
Thank you very much, Gail, for joining us and sharing your insights uh, in the health system and your pilot work with our listeners. Thank you very much. Gail Seddon is the director of the South Lake Community Ontario Health Team. This podcast is brought to you by Esri Canada, a technology company that empowers people and organizations by the science of wear. Bye for now. Thank you.